I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is founder and CEO of Tyler's Coffee, Tyler Ornstein, and we're going to be talking about the empowering story of Tyler's Coffee. Tyler Ornstein loved the taste and smell of coffee from his first sip at five years old, but his father couldn't tolerate it because it upset his stomach. One day, Tyler asked him if he could make a coffee that both of them could drink. Tyler's dad, a biochemist, tinkered quietly behind the scenes until he did what no university research lab or mega corporation could do. He created acid-free coffee that anyone can drink without digestive disruption. Uh, 50 million Americans suffer from digestive problems. But this isn't just a story of Tyler's overnight success. It's a story of Tyler's dogged pursuit, passion, and purpose to bring this product to market, starting on his bicycle at age 16. So today at age 30, Tyler's Coffee boasts 80% growth year over year with more than 2 million cups sold. You can find Tyler's Coffee on Amazon, Walmart, eBay, and Jet.com, and 40 other retailer websites, in addition to 1,000 stores across the nation, including the National Grocers Chain. Welcome to the show, Tyler. Great having you on the show this morning. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Wow, what an intro. Uh, I didn't even know I was that important. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you definitely are. And as we said before the uh, before we got on the air, everybody deserves a really good cup of coffee in the morning, and that is your coffee, which is really unique, which I, I described, I guess, in the intro, right? Because it doesn't upset your digestion; it's acid free. Correct. But what I uh, but what I really want to do is start with like here you are, young, the story of the young entrepreneur. I mean, you're, how, how did this happen? When did the light bulb? When was that light bulb moment when you thought, oh, wow, I can start selling coffee and I'm only 14 or 16 years old, right? Well, I can tell you this. It was an interesting uh, thought process because my father suffered for, suffered from stomach-related modalities and him and I bonded over coffee. And so when he essentially had um, ulcers, the doctor said, hey, you can't drink coffee anymore or, you know, it's going to get more and more uh, severe of a condition. And he said, well, um, I'm an inventor, so I'm going to try to invent a way around that. And we did. Um, We figured out when the tannic and lipid acids bloom in the roasting process. And by figuring that out, we were able to yield a neutral pH without having any, uh, art, you know, acids or uh, harmful side effects. So that's how you develop the coffee. But of course, as we all know, yes, you have the product, but then how did you get it out there? And also, I'm assuming with the help of your father, or did you do this on your own? Or were you out there, as I, you know, pedaling it on your bike? Or what did you do? Well, that's absolutely true. Um, so I did pedal it on my bike. Uh, so at the age of 14, I went door to door and it was really interesting because I had a backpack and I had these silver sample packs. Uh, and all I did was say, Hey, can I get a name? Can I get a number? And I handed out some packs and I'll never forget this really sweet old lady. She said, it was really good coffee. Where, where do I get it? And I was like, Oh, from me. And she's like, okay, well, how much is it? A uh, dollar. 
I, I didn't really know what I was doing. So um, as an entrepreneur, I have felt fallen forward. And uh, I think people should learn from their mistakes, of course. But I also think, uh, you know, being on the edge of uh, success and failure is, is really where um, most entrepreneurs are. And by doing the uh, trial and error concept, it, it really builds uh, a strong character around you and your company and your values and how to succeed. Well, you haven't had that much time. You're 30 years old now, so you're still young. And yet, so it's been what? Yeah. Four, yeah, 14 years. 16 years. 16 yeah, 14, years. 16 years, yeah. yeah. But in the yeah. beginning, I mean, a lot of people and even people, you're, you know, your age at 16 feel like they've got a great product. Uh, you know, they go on Shark Tank with it sometimes or wherever they go to try and market it, but it never quite really makes it. And like you said, you have to be able to have the ups and downs and the failures and be resilient. But pinpoint like different parts to that. I mean, did you go to college? Did you, you know, from, I mean, from selling it to this little old lady for a dollar, a packet, what, ha you know, where'd you go from there? At to, you know, as I said in the beginning, you, you know, you're on, you're selling millions of uh, cups of coffee a year. Uh, that's a well, big leap from the old lady to the millions of cup of <laughs> millions of cups. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I would say that it was, it was, um, compilation of a lot of things, but I, I would say this, I would say first and foremost, the most important thing is to fill a need in an industry, right? So if you're going to have a product or a service and it, and it fills a need and it helps people, it's a very important thing to look at. And when I, before COVID, I was, you know, speaking around the country and telling people my story and being interviewed and all that fun stuff. And at the end of the day, I'd come off stage, people come up to me, I have this great idea, this great idea. And I go, great. Does it help? And they kind of like stepped back and they're like, well, yeah, of course it helps. Okay. Sell that. Promote that. Market that. Do whatever you can to get that message out into the media, out into the public. People have realized that are very successful. Unless they're helping other people, then they're never going to be successful. So you're talking about there has to be a need. And as I understand it, the coffee industry is huge. It's the second most purchased commodity in the world. But the, your, the need for your coffee are these, well... 50 million people who have digestive problems who can't, right. it's not good for them. Yeah. So that's, is that the, the kernel or the crux of Tyler's coffee in terms of need? Yeah. I mean, well, Tyler's coffees will never be a mass product or, or a niche product. And I, and I think people become very successful under niches. The only time you're going to be successful under mass market is with price. There's no other value to the to your prop, right? There's no other uh, benefit. You're like, well, I I sell a lot of stuff at a cheap price. You know, okay. I mean, look at Walmart. Look at Tiffany's. They both sell jewelry, right? One sells jewelry for twenty thousand dollars. The other person, the other company, sells jewelry at two hundred dollars. Is it wrong? No. 
but it's different market sectors. And so when you start a business, when you start a concept, when you, when you're in inception on what I do, you have to figure out, first thing you have to figure out is your target market. And the target market is going to dictate what your price point's going to be, what you're valuing the product at, what you're going to give the customer. Um, you know, because if you're going to use uh, a higher price point, you have to have much, much, much better customer service. We have a 24-7, you know, stateside call center. You can call in and talk to someone any any time of the day. And, um, you know, they, they, they're very well versed and trained. So, I mean, it just, it's what you want to do, right? Like any entrepreneur kind of has to figure out what they want to do. So they have to figure out that. where they are in the market place is what you're saying because like even what no say with coffee, yeah the the coffee you're going up against these as they describe them price slicing slashing giants of the industry and you know sure. you can buy cheap stuff and you can buy it and that's not what your that's not your niche or that's not that's no. you're in a different place right okay um yeah we're so you really have USD organic you know, mm-hmm. our Swiss water decaf is it's very hard to find. So we tell people it's a trifecta. It's acid-free, it's organic, and it's uh, Swiss water decaf. That's why we sell more decaf than regular, believe it or not. We sell a heck of a lot of decaf. I mean, a lot of decaf. Because people love it. Because they can't find the trifecta. And, um, yeah, no, we... we when I when I started the company, I wanted to have the best. I wanted to have the best packaging. I wanted to have the best beans. I wanted to have the best flavor. I wanted I wanted everything to be first class. I, I'm going back to the question that I asked you. Did you go to? Did you end up going to college, studying marketing? I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I and went to U of A. Um, I'm a dropout. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations, I guess. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I think yeah, you school have, is a very yeah, important you, thing for... And wait for, a minute. Uh, I just want to say U of A is University of Arizona? Yes. Yeah, because uh, this show is around the world and around the United States, so not everybody knows That's where true. U of A That's is. That's true. Yeah. I, I know, and you're, you're right up the street in Phoenix. But uh-huh. um, I think college is a phenomenal thing. And I think if you want to go to college, you absolutely should. And if you graduate college, that's a huge accomplishment and congratulations. Um, on the other hand, pretty much all the billionaires in the world dropped out of college. So yeah. it's, you know, don't feel, don't feel slighted. Whoever's listening to this and younger Plus, I love young entrepreneurs. I got a sweet spot for that. Um, yeah, I love helping young people because they're, unfortunately, they're the ones that are going to fail the most. It's just statistical. When you say young entrepreneurs, do you start out, uh, you, I know you give le- lectures around the country and workshops and those kinds of things. Do you go to elementary schools, middle schools, high schools? Where do you start? Um, no, I don't go to schools. Uh, although I think that's great, and I think after COVID, I'm going to start going to high school. Uh, elementary is a little young. Uh, I, I think middle school is, is still a little too young, um, 
but high school is when you're starting to become, you know, an, a young adult. And I think that they need to understand. Uh, the problem is, though, is, is I would probably, I would probably be like, oh, you guys don't need school. You have Google. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, it is. It is. I mean, it's, it, I, I tell, you know, when I, when I speak or whatever, um, so you guys have the biggest resource in the whole entire world. I mean, like, and it's growing every single day. It's called Google and it's free. And so anything you want to know, you Google it and you can find out within seconds. We live in a technological age that is far none the most advanced it's ever been in human society. And this is why we're seeing so many young people become extraordinarily wealthy. It's, uh, I think it's a great thing. In a very short period of time, I think, right? I mean, very wealthy and very young. Um, Yeah, in doing that, I mean, what are some of the battles that you've had to, because people now, there's a lot of, sort of listening to him thinking, well, hey, then there's a lot more competition. You're going to have a lot more of these young entrepreneurs who are going to say, you know, I can make coffee too, or I can do this. So there's, you, you add to the, the the playing field, don't you? Makes it... um, healthy competition no. is a good competition. I, if you can build a better mousetrap than me, you deserve to take my money. Okay, so what about some of the pitfalls that you had to overcome in these past 16 years? I mean, where are really some of the downsides? You know, we talk Uh, a lot about all the positive stuff and you have this entrepreneurial spirit, you know, and all of that good stuff in college and that's fine. But people really want to hear like, okay, but it didn't just go smoothly. Well, I use the analogy... I use the analogy that if you want to become a true entrepreneur, you know, go to the highest mountain peak and jump off of it and try to assemble an airplane on the way down. And what that is essentially metaphoring is every day is different. All changes and challenges don't stay the same. I've told people many times, there's nothing wrong with conformity and boringness. And if, if that's your, if that's who you are, uh, don't, don't do not get into the entrepreneurial, uh, game. You will fail. When I, when I talk about entrepreneurs, we're a little crazy. We're a little nuts. I mean, we're the risk takers. We're the ones that, put put it all on red we we go out there and pretty much live on the fringe of success and alter failure um until you're an established brand right so at one point you'll be like oh man and it's usually a dollar amount but at one point you'll be like oh man we're we're actually too big to fail well no one's too big to fail. So that's really not true. But I'm saying you can take a couple hits and keep on rolling. Um, I think the longest issue that an entrepreneur has is time. And 
they never can get it back and they always are they always are working for success and people that are entrepreneurs live on nothing to make everything so i remember you know having a mattress cuz i couldn't afford a bed frame i remember eating ramen in my apartment because i couldn't afford good food because I had to buy more coffee to sell to customers. I remember getting up at six in the morning and going down to farmer's markets and coming home with $300 in my pocket thinking that was a good day. You know, if you, if you're really willing to like work, work physically, mentally, um, then entrepreneurialism for is for you, you know? And if, if you go ahead, no, I was going to say, I don't know if I said this in the beginning, but it's does, it sounds like, I mean, that's that dogged pursuit and passion, which you're, which is what you're describing. I want to know, like, who's your best friend? Who, do, who supports you? We all need support, uh, my, whatever we're, yeah. That'd be my girlfriend. My girlfriend's my best friend. So she's there for you. And I, I'm assuming there when things aren't going well, as well as when things are going well. And, and yeah. do you think that yeah, someone... Absolutely. Yeah, as an entrepreneur, and uh, not just a young one, but uh, don't you think everybody needs that in order? You can't do it in isolation. Oh, God, yeah. No, it's, I mean, you're not going to have fun. (laughs) (laughs) You might do it, but you're not going to have fun. Uh, I think everyone needs to have friends. I think everyone needs to, you know, have a life. Um then there needs to be some separation and once you succeed. So here's the, here's the entrepreneurial problem. You get success, you get a taste of success. You know, wow. I just made that deal. I just made that sale. And holy cow, I made 20 grand on that one deal. Well, how long did it take you to get to that deal? How long did it take you to get to that 20 grand? Right. The point is, is you, you, you can't get, overly excited about something that you just did because tomorrow is a new day and it's going to have new challenges. And so I, I see people that are, you know, semi-successful and they're, they're spending way out of their realm and they're loading it up on negative credit. So there's, there's a difference between positive credit and negative credit. Let me explain. Positive credit is I'm buying inventory because I have a demand and people are going to rebuy the product and I'm going to make money back and I can pay that back. All right, that's positive credit. Negative credit is, holy cow, I just made a boatload of money, but I want to take a vacation and I want to go really, really all out. Okay, but that's not, <laughs> that's not value added. So, so if you're gonna if you're going to treat yourself, which I'm not against, I'm a hundred percent not against. Uh, I think everyone should be able to treat themselves at some point. Um, buy it off of cash. Don't buy it off of credit. If you're going to buy inventory or if you're a soft product, like if you're a software and you're not like a hard product, like a good or, you know, good in your service, um, you know, you, you need to pay a developer to build out this section of the website. But, it's going to come back, right? Or, or marketing. Marketing is also a positive debt, in my opinion. 
Uh, so, if Tyler, you so, ca- so marketing and well, cash, cash, cash. That's what you're saying, not credit. I want to. I also want to because we don't have a lot of time left. But COVID nineteen, how has that affected you and your business? I mean, I know the the, the liquor business is doing great. For instance, uh, the I mean, if you want to order here, and I'm in New York actually, and order, you want wine or or alcohol, you can't even call them on the phone anymore. They're so busy. Everything has to be you either text them or email them, and that's how you place your order and get a delivery. Oh, wow. Yeah. So wow. I'm just you know, the coffee industry, what's happening, I guess in general and then with your business. So the coffee industry has seen the highest it's ever seen in the history of pretty much coffee. It's went up 15%. You go, well, 15% is not a lot, Tyler. And you go, yeah, but for a market fluctuation that on average year over year is around 1.5 to 2%, it's insane. Um, so yeah, the the um, the commodity of coffee is through the roof, which means the demand's high, which means we've been doing very well. Everybody's at home, staying at home, drinking yeah, coffee at home and everything else. I guess. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't invest in uh, in a bowling alley right now. I wouldn't invest yeah. <laughs> in uh, you know a restaurant right now. Um, although restaurants are coming back, which is good. But, uh, I mean, COVID, COVID-19 has literally destroyed retail. Now, when that's going to come to fruition, probably in two to three years, because there's a, a ramp down time. But Steinmart was a pretty solid company, and they went bust. Um, there's, there's a lot of, I mean, Macy's is probably going to follow very shortly. It, it, it's retail is dead and it's sad to say because I remember going to the mall with friends and I like the mall um, and the mall is kind of just like that way that you can like go to a a place but you don't have to go to like a, all these other places and it's a cool concept but COVID-19 killed it I mean people are going to be so they're going to be so gun shy with it. It's just going to be, uh, that, that's uh, yeah. my idea. Yeah. I'm going to, I was going to ask you, could people like to sit down and not only like they buy coffee for their house or for their apartment, but you also want like to go to a coffee place and sit down and have a cup of coffee with somebody, as you say, either in the mall or at a store uh, or uh, any of those venues. So different, uh, I guess my, my question is, what do you think will replace that? Oh, Amazon. Yeah, Online. I mean, but in terms of connection, yeah, right. You can you can just stay home and never leave, <laughs> and just that's order. true. I, yeah. I mean, really, that's that's true. I, it depends on how political you can yeah. get on your show. Well, you can. Look, do, I, yes, I think that um, we have a disclaimer, so you can say what you want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great. I listen. I think I think COVID nineteen is um, not something that is overly seriously needed to be controlled. But I don't think people need to um, look at COVID nineteen as the bubonic plague. I think COVID nineteen is going to affect a very small portion of Americans, and those people are already in a questionable state of health. 
Um, the CDC came out um, 6%. Again, don't take my word for it. Go find this information. Whoever's listening, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying my opinion. I'm saying facts. And, and I'm a huge believer of facts. I hate opinions. Um, facts are the CDC came out about a month ago and said, well, we actually found out that direct, direct deaths from COVID is 6%. Um, we have a couple minutes left and I do have to respond to that fact because there are so many more facts to add to that. I think one of the, one of the facts that's not emphasized, yes, they talk about deaths, but they really don't talk about the, they do, but not about the uh, people who get COVID and for young people, not just old people and old people, obviously, and people with underlying conditions are more. Uh, susceptible to dying, but the ones who have lifelong problems and like, and, and I, living in New York, I've seen it with young people yeah. uh, from all ages, but mainly younger people who get COVID, but then they have, you know, they have heart conditions, they have lung conditions, they have all, all these other kinds of conditions that, yeah, they can go to work, they still have their families, they still, whatever they do, but it's a really, and, and that's something I think that has to be that isn't spoken about maybe enough. I mean, um, which is serious stuff. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm of a huge believer. Like this, this is something that I'll, I'll, I'll stand on a hill and die on. I believe the body can heal itself at any condition. And the reason why I say that is because I have seen not firsthand, but I have seen people that have had, you know, cancer. And they did not go the chemo route. They went the natural path route. They're cancer-free. I've seen people that have um, gastritis. I've seen people that have, like, for example, I have actually GERD, um, funny enough, and I started taking uh, antacids, and I get worse, much worse. And I was like, okay, this is, you know, this is BS. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm smarter than that, Tyler. Come on. And so I started researching, and I researched, and I researched, and I researched, and I found a company out of Colorado. They have this pill, and it actually inflates the acids in your body. And the reason why is they found out, they researched, that when you inflate the acids in the body, it triggers the enzymes, and it closes the top sphincter of the stomach. I hate to interrupt you at this point. Actually, this would be another show because we have the whole big discussion that we haven't even gotten into, but one minute left. So so people can either have a further discussion with you or uh, give us a website they can go to. Yeah. Uh, Tyler's uh, Coffee, by the way, is what we've been talking about today. And yeah. Yeah, and that, that's a great that's a great segue. So Tyler's Coffees will not give you heartburn ingestion upset stomach. Uh, we designed it that way. So if you have interstitial cystitis, GERD, Crohn's, colitis, whatever, this is the coffee for you. Go to tylerscoffees.com. That's T-Y-L-E-R-S, coffees, C-O-F-F-E-E-S.com. Use promo code TYLER2020. That's TYLER, all lowercase, 2020. You get 20% off your first order. Great. Tyler, thanks so much for being on the show this morning. Tyler Thank you. Yeah, the story of Tyler's coffee. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. 